about six months later, um, he said, if you're not willing to write a book, then could you start a podcast? Because I had a lot of questions that I needed to deal with, not just from losing my mom and losing my sight completely, but also a lot of other questions that I had to deal with that I didn't have answers for. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, friends, and welcome to my Altered Stories Episode 9 show, Teresa's Story. Thank you for listening today, and I really hope you enjoy the show. There are so many awesome podcast shows today that you can listen to. So I'm deeply honored that you are listening to mine. For those of you that are listening for the first time, let me introduce myself. My name is Michelle Renee Gutch. I'm a host of this show and founder of Altered Stories Ministry, and I'm passionate about helping Christian women share their God stories so women across the world can hear them. I'm excited to share that Altered Stories Ministry is now officially a nonprofit and public charity in Overland Park, Kansas. I'm also happy to share that we now have 50 plus listeners listening to our show, and we've only been out there for about a month. So we are really excited. You can also now listen to our show on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Today, I'd also like to thank Teresa's husband, Michael Blaze, for his great work in helping us get our show out on these platforms, and also for his company, Kadosh Media, for sponsoring Teresa's podcast today. So, enough of that. Let's get the show started. So, here's what you need to know about Teresa. First, she's awesome and a talented rockin' podcast host. I know because I loved interviewing with her and I am picky about my interview with. And it was so fun to be a guest on her show a few months ago. Teresa has also served in various ventures and ministries for the past 11 years. She has known the pitfalls that can come from launching things that God has called her to. She's also married, a mother, of course, I shared a podcaster and a poet, which I think is quite interesting. We're going to hear more about that. She lives in Almagordo, New Mexico. Alamogordo. With her husband, Michael. Alamogordo. Okay, thank you. Not a problem. Uh, with her husband, Michael, and daughter, Mandy. So, Teresa, welcome to my show. How are you today? You know what? I'm good. God's good. He's still on the throne. Everything else is negotiable. (laughs) So do tell us more about who you are from what I've shared. I've kind of been around the block. I'm kind of what you might call a serial entrepreneur, serial podcaster. I run a couple of companies and then, you know, of course, I got to have my podcasting cat. You know, there's always a kitty cat laying at the foot of my bed as I'm as I'm doing this. So what else about me? I mean, I, I just, man, I'm just open to do whatever God wants me to do. That's great. And that's awesome. And being that way is really the way it should be. So 
you know, you have quite a story, Teresa, and there's so much to your story today, but I'm going to try to break it down so that, you know, we can take it in, in phases a little bit. But, you know, why don't you first share with my listeners more about just kind of your background, your early childhood years? Okay. Well, I mean, growing up, I was kind of the odd kid out. First of all, I had a lot of medical issues. I did not come home from the hospital until I was a year old. I had about eight heart attacks when I was a baby. I, I had a lot of medical issues growing up. And, you know, so you, you factor that in. Um, I am I am completely blind now, but I, I grew up partially blind. My, I did not grow up in a Christian home. It was kind of a rather broken home. My mom, she did her very best to raise me, but she also had a knack for picking crappy men. When I was younger, my mom was heavily abused by one of them. And then when I was six years old, I witnessed the murder of my sister by her boyfriend. Oh, Teresa, that is unbelievable. I became a ward of the state for a time. My mom fought like anything to get me back. We got, we came back, I came back home and then we let, we uh, pretty much went, yeah, we're out of here. Bye. The guy that, that originally abused my mom to begin with, um, he started stalking us. And so we kept having to run and it only ended after my mom confronted him with a 22 gauge and told him, if you ever find us again, we'll kill you. Wow. What kind of support did your mom get through that? Did she have any support? We had friends. My mother was kind of a, she was former military. And so she really was kind of one of those rough, rough around the edges. I don't need anybody. I'll make my own way kind of people. Good. See why, you know, sounds to me like she had to do that. And a lot of that was how she survived. You know, it really impacted me because I kind of followed a lot in her footsteps. I became very much a uh, person, uh, I don't need anybody, and I certainly don't need God, and I really don't want to deal with all the religion crap. Uh, and so I just, that's where, where things went. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I have a question. So after you witnessed the murder of your sister, and did you go through any kind of counseling at that point, or did you just suppress that? I know that I was placed in some sort of counseling, but I remember very little of it. I mean, my, my, my memories of that time are very fractured and kind of broken. Well, I'm sure that that, that is something that God, through his goodness and through your restoration um, in your relationship, which we'll hear more about, is working on with you too. So tell us a little bit about where your God story began, because you were made in God's image. You, of course, were brought into this world, very difficult. And of course, you made it through that. But, you know, you at some point came to faith. So share with my listeners what what that looked like. It started, believe it or not, with a ghost story. You see, I was attending the School for the Blind um, in Arizona. And, I mean, there was a lot of factors that went into that because I believe the enemy was really fighting. He didn't want to lose me. There were a lot of people that were coming around me that were very much into the occult. Um, some, one of them was like my absolute best friend. But then I also had people that were coming around me. One of them uh, was my English teacher. 
just to kind of give you an idea, uh, she because I I kind of picked up a hell a nickname a Hellraiser, Razor, <laughs> Razor, for sure. uh, you know. <laughs> she, like, the teacher finds out about this and goes, "I don't like that you're being called that, and I'm going to be praying for you." And I'm like, "Okay." And I mean, at the time, I kind of laughed it off, but it kind of stuck in the back of my mind, like, "Really? What is your prayer going to do?" But the school itself was built on an Indian burial ground. And so there was always the ghost stories. There was always that this place is haunted, yada, yada, yada. And I didn't buy it. I was like, oh, please, right out, whatever. Well, I was out with some of my friends and there was a dorm that was uninhabited at the time. But I looked over and I saw that the light was on. And of course, I'm curious. So we went over there and we're standing on the uh, patio and we're just talking. And I heard a voice. I heard a voice that said, children. I knew it was female in nature. I knew it was to my left side, and it sounded almost ethereal. I didn't even bother looking to see what was there. I just knew two things. One, because I, I asked my friends, you guys didn't just hear that. And they're like, uh, actually, we did. And I knew two things. One, whatever that thing is, it's evil. Two, I want nothing to do with it. I remember running, and I don't think I've ever run so hard in my life. One thing was very certain to me at that point is that the supernatural does exist. So what the heck do I do with it now? Looking back on that incident now, I believe God let me experience it to show me the supernatural existed and I would have to choose a side. Fast forward a little bit. I ended up having to spend um, my weekends at this English teacher's home because uh, the school itself was kind of one of those ones where you go to school and you stay in the dorms during the week and you go home on the weekends. Well, my mom and dad were moving. And so I needed a place to stay on the weekends because they were moving to New Mexico. And so um, I ended up staying at this teacher's home, which she basically gave me the gospel. But I kept going, do not tell me about your God until you can prove he exists. And it wasn't that I didn't believe he existed, but I was so furious with him because, I mean, why should I follow him? Because I blamed him for a lot of the, the stuff that I'd gone through. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but that was uh, the case. Right. That's pretty normal. I mean, many people do that in their faith when they're in an early Christian mode, or maybe they're not understanding the brokenness of the fall and the concept of God giving others free will. And unfortunately, that affects us. Yes, I agree. Fast forward, I move out to New Mexico after spending this time with uh, my, my teacher because she had given me the gospel. We had had conversations, multiple conversations. I remember coming home because we were we were living out in the boonies, and I remember driving home, and I had asked my mom, have you ever heard of this Left Behind series? Because uh, I was kind of reading it. I thought it was a good bit of fiction. And my mom was like, no, yes. Has so-and-so been teaching you religion? it's come up. I don't appreciate that. I taught you about God. And I'm like, okay, so if I decide to do this whole Christian thing, I know how much of a rough road that's going to be. About maybe a month later, maybe sooner. I, you know, I really don't know the timeline, time frame per se. I know it was around Christmas or maybe soon after. I was listening to a radio show and it was uh, Night Sounds with uh, Bill Pierce. And he basically said, I'm speaking to someone who has heard this message before. What do you have to lose? Go, come on and give it a try. I knew that that was for me. I knew that I actually believed the gospel. And so I, I turned off the the uh, radio and I, I got on my knees and I did business with God. I just remember, I don't remember exactly what I prayed. I just remember praying. I don't know that anything necessarily changed at that point. I knew that 
I believed. And so I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't know quite where to turn at that point because living under my parents' roof, you know, being subject to their stuff, I had to kind of play things cool. And so I didn't get to go to church on my own really until, or get my own Bible or anything like that until a year and a half later. And did you move out of the house at that point or? No, I was not ready to move. So you started reading the Bible, going to church? Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, actually, let me back that up. I didn't get I didn't get to go to church on my own. The biggest thing that I did to uh, uh, start learning was I used a lot of radio ministries. You know, they thought I was listening to music and I'd be sitting there playing my video game. They thought I'd be listening to music and I just let them think it while I'm listening to Bible ministries. What they didn't know didn't kill me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank God for radio ministry. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Okay. So when then um, did you start getting involved in a church? Like I said, I think that was about a year and a half later. We moved back to Arizona. We were living in, in uh, Phoenix. I met a good friend and and uh, she attended a Calvary Chapel out in Phoenix. And so she invited me to go. Okay. So that was the first church that you had? Well, I had been involved in, I, I mean, I've attended churches before, but like the first church that I attended regularly and actively, yeah. I will. yes. Let's move forward then. So you've got to where you have decided to move into a committed relationship and believe. How then did you get um, discipled? I mean, did you have any, was your friend the one or was it the people at the church? Like I said, I learned a lot through the radio, but um, it, my friend was a huge component in that. And then I started getting involved in the youth group and I started getting involved in the ladies groups the because they had a, uh, you know, youth for uh, women's group, that kind of thing. I started going to those. I, 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 I think my mom realized that this isn't a phase. It's not going to just go away. She's not going to go back to normal. I'm going to have to put up with this. So I might as well let her go to church. Although she did use, well, if you screw up, you're grounded from church. So <laughs> there was, you know, there was always those issues. So, I mean, it was, it was, um, but discipleship. I, yeah. It was basically those few things. It was my friend. And then it was um, uh, the youth group stuff. Of course, you know, on your, um, bio and everything it talks about some of the other challenges that came into your life uh, as a result of your loss of your sight. And you also were addicted to gaming. Yes, ma'am. And you came back to the Lord, though. I mean, you, you, you actually, did you, when you lost your faith, did you just say, okay, God, I've had enough of this. I mean, I'm, I'm done. You know, I don't believe in this at all. Or, and you, and you were running right away from your faith because, you know, you, you were still growing obviously in your faith. And then you had a series of things that hit you again in your life. So can you just kind of tell me what brought, what brought you back to the Lord? I had lost my mom and my sight in the same week, and that's pretty much what made me run, go running in the other direction. You know, I got very heavily addicted to text-based gaming, and I just, I, I didn't, you know, and so 
that lasted for a period of five years. My husband, I love him dearly, but he had no clue that I had completely walked away from God because I didn't want to let him know. Um, I was just like, no, I don't want to hear about it. We ended up coming here to Alamogordo and we ended up attending a Calvary Chapel here. And I met a couple of ladies. Um, well, first of all, it started with a, uh, with a, uh, it was like a women's retreat type thing uh, uh, up in the mountains. And it was basically, quest- uh, the theme itself was questions from the king. And, but I remember, you know, just really, really having to come face to face with God. In fact, one instance was where I'm, you know, I'm in the restroom getting cleaned up and whatnot. And the Lord just spoke to me and keep in mind, I hadn't been really been praying with him for to him or, or anything really. Um, but I, but he spoke to me and he said, you know, that stuff that I, that you went through over 20 years ago, I want you to put it in a book. And I'm like, not only no, but no, that's not <laughs> happening. That is, are you ready? That is not happening. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and then, you know, and so I'm, I'm telling my two, my two, uh, lady friends whom, and they're like, well, would God ask you to do it if he didn't think you could handle it? And I'm like, you're not helpful here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, you know, we break out into a prayer group. And I remember saying something in the middle of the prayer group. And I remember the Lord spoke to me again. And he said, you're still angry with me over your blindness. And my response to him was, yeah, and. And but in a strange way, that was kind of my way of coming back. A little bit later after the event, the Lord, about six months later, um, he said, if you're not willing to write a book, then could you start a podcast? Because I had a lot of questions that I needed to deal with, not just from losing my mom and losing my sight completely, but also a lot of other questions that I had to deal with that I didn't have answers for. And I figured if I had those questions and if I had that pain, then maybe I could take that pain to the mic and maybe others had it to wrestle with through as well. God is so awesome. He never, nothing ever is for not without, you know, helping others or our, our pain, our suffering, what we have to go through. He always brings great goodness out of it. And that's what is amazing. And look at you today, you know, in your life and how you have brought that to the mic and some of the very hard uh, questions are being addressed. And, you know, there's a healing, there's healing that comes out of that when people can be real and authentic, you know, with God. I, I agree. And I think a lot of times what I have found is that the church in general, they tend to take these questions and shove them under the, under the rug because they don't want to deal with them because they aren't equipped to deal with them. Okay. But it doesn't change the fact that these questions still remain. Right. There's some pastors out there that have addressed some hard questions. It seems the hardest questions, though, they're not always easy to answer. You know, I don't know. Personally, sometimes I've had people say, well, why does a good God allow suffering? And why did God bring us into this world knowing that there was going to be suffering and, you know, all those things. And through the Bible and reading and my understanding and prayer, you know, I just know 
that God never intended the world to be the way it is, that sin came in and brokenness came in. Then, you know, the, the whole loving God that gives us free will and wants us to come to him freely, you know, can't, you know, because he's given us free will, there are just things that happen as a result evil happens and people are in the wrong place at the wrong time and our bodies are broken. We have the hope of our life eternally and glorified bodies and to be in a world that in a new earth that will not be like this. And God has promised that to us, you know? You know, the enemy of our souls, he isn't just sitting around shooting the breeze no he's out there actively seeking to steal kill and destroy that's kind of his mo and so a lot of not everything but a lot of the garbage that happens is is laid directly at his feet yes i i have seen that in this world and i know we just know that no matter what we have a god who goes with us through these things okay and that's what i've what i've seen he, it doesn't always take, you know, and, and I know people in my life who to this day still do not uh, believe in God because of the disappointments. And it's like, it's okay for you to do that, but I don't believe in any of that. Never helped me any. And so it's kind of a different, different way of looking at God. But um, anyway, I appreciate your authenticity. authenticity. Oh, I'll get that word out. Um, I appreciate your just, you know, all of the depths that you've gone to today to share more of your story. And there's just a couple of uh, lingering questions. Um, I'd, I'd like to know how your poetry has contributed to your healing. And also, what are some of the scriptures that have strengthened you through your seasons um, when you've been in the valley? Wow. Um, okay. Well, as far as the poetry, that kind of goes back to when I was a teenager. I was going through so much garbage at that time, especially my in my senior year. I had had a major falling out with a friend who discipled me, uh, and I was pretty much on my own. I had no friends, that kind of thing. Plus, I had a lot of stuff going on at home, a lot of brokenness at home. And of course, you can't really tell anybody about it. I turned to poetry because I was looking for a way to to bleed on the page, as it were. I needed to. And I would say it contributed because it was one of my best ways to actually confront the issues that I was dealing with at the time. But I also uh, would also write, you know, stuff that's like more praise oriented. And so it really kind of helped keep center my mind and kind of go, you don't have to stay here. Just, you know, keep keep moving forward in your faith. You know, a lot of my stuff is dark. I admit it. But a lot of my stuff, but I, 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 I write where I'm at. And sometimes it's from a point of praise. Sometimes it's from a point of th- a pain. All the time, it is, it is a point of um, being authentic and being real. Very much like the Psalms. Yeah, very much, very much. I would say, as far as the scripture, I would say that one in in uh, where where uh, Jesus said, you know, I've co- I've gone to prepare a place for you. You believe in God, believe also in me. I've gone to prepare a place for you. Don't let your heart be troubled. And then one of the other scriptures that I found, you know, pretty heavily is, um, oh, goodness, first or second Timothy, where he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. 
the scriptures are just to me a, a pillar of strength. And I go back and everything, you know, going back to, you know, just God's promises. And I mean, you can find in any season of your life, something in scripture that can help you, whether it's through making decisions or how, you know, to get through a very trying time. And of course, the Psalms, my, my husband and I right now are going through those and reading them as part of Lent. But, you know, just the emotion and, you know, just, you know, <laughs> how, you know, a lot of that was King David, right? Who wrote some of those. And, you know, we know he was not a perfect person, right? No, no, he certainly was not. No. So, but anyway, I, I loved reading that, uh, you know, all the Psalms. I love reading the Psalms and go back to reading them often for those various reasons. But anyway, I'm sure that the poetry, looking back, I mean, have you thought about maybe publishing it? You know, the funny thing is, I, I, I mean, I published some of it on my site, but to kind of give you an idea, I have over 500 pieces like in my folder that are either done or half done. And I am currently uh, in the process of taking a few of them and putting them into a book. <laughs> you know, that's kind of a, but it, it's with all the other irons in the fire that I have going on right now, that's kind of a, that'll happen when I get the time. <laughs> It'll happen, right? I'm sure it will happen. So, okay, cool. Well, I can't wait to read that. So we'll see. Um, okay, well, Teresa, you know, this has been wonderful. I could sit here and talk with you all day. I mean, you and I have had many conversations and we talk and talk and talk. And it's just wonderful to be able to you know, have you on my show today. And, you know, there are a couple of questions I like to kind of wrap up with. One question is, what words um, do you have for other women who may be struggling right now with doubting that God loves them or cares for them or, you know, the whole faith journey, the gift of salvation, you know, they're just not bought into it. You know, they don't see it as relative. There's a lot of people out there pretty pragmatic about things of the, the way things are is because you own it, you know, you know, to weigh someone's decision, somebody, you know, where they just don't really bring any kind of spiritual perspective into their thinking at all. You're a thinking person, obviously, and there's probably going to be a lot of thinking people, women, um, I'm sure that'll be drawn to this too. But so uh, can you tell me how you would go about ministering to these kinds of people or women? Isaiah 118, which is actually the founding scripture that my podcast is founding on, founded on uh, Unresolved Life, the Unresolved Life podcast. But Isaiah 118, it says, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow. And I want to focus on uh, that first portion for a minute. It says, Come, let us, and this is this is God speaking, okay? And he says, come, let us reason together. In other words, you got questions, you got a lot of things going on, and you don't have answers. Well, I, I'm a big enough God that I can handle your questions. 
Okay. He then goes in and deals with the sin issue and every single person needs to deal with that. You know, the Bible says that all of comes short of the glory of God. Uh, there's none righteous. No, not even one. You know, every single person has a sin issue. Okay. But if you're a believer, but you're struggling whether God gives a care. Oh, have I been there? I get it. Back in the back when uh, in the Old Testament, when they were given, the Jews were given the ironic blessing, and, and it says, uh, "God bless you and keep you, make His face to shine upon you, and lift His countenance up upon you and give you peace." One of the things within that blessing, the actual Hebrew for that is. I want you to picture God lifting you up like you might, like a parent might lift up a baby and smiling up at you and laughing with joy. Okay. Does God actually care? Yes. Does that, does it mean things won't be hard? Oh, they will get hard because Jesus promised there will be trial. There will be trouble. Okay. Especially in the last days that we are living in. And I firmly believe we are living in the very last of last days. I just look around and, and that'll confirm that. You know, but God still sees you and he sees the garbage that you're going through and you can come to him. You can cry out and you can be as angry as you need to be. But don't just say, well, I'm not going to take my emotions to God. He's got big enough shoulders. He can handle it. And I challenge you to go there. Go as raw and as real as you need to be. But go there. Yes, I, I agree with you, Teresa. And I thank you for that. I can tell you many times when I was very frustrated and mad at God, I'd hit my steering wheel, you know, and I would just scream out to God, Lord, what are you doing? Why? Why am I going through this? You know, and that's, it seems to be why, you know, people struggle at times. I think that builds intimacy, just like as we grow in our fellowship with one another and we begin to open up and we become more transparent, right? I mean, so, but anyway, so thank you for that and for that encouragement. And, you know, the last question is, you know, for women today, and, you know, I do say women because this is my listening audience, or could be men, however, that listen, but if they're struggling and they just need somewhere for support, let's just say they don't have a best friend, they don't have anyone in their family, they don't have any kind of support system, or maybe they just can't go to a local church. You know, they, they're not ready, or they're just too ashamed, or they feel too guilty, or they're just fearful. Where do you recommend these women go to get support and help? We live in a day and age where you can reach out to people all the way across the world. Your phone is a publishing platform, for example. Okay, I could pick it up and I, rec- I can record a video, put it up on YouTube and have people watch it from all over the world. Okay, which is seriously cool. But at the same time, it's also a communication platform. If someone needs help and they need encouragement and they just need someone to pray with them, that kind of thing, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm totally open to that. I've got uh, many podcasts in the backlog that deal with many subjects and I'm sure you'll find one that will uh, meet your need. But a, a resource that I recommend often is dailyaudiobible.com. And what it is, is, is there is a community, this guy, he, he, he has started reading the Bible every day. He's done it for the past 14 years. Uh, he's done it in, in the form of a podcast, which has like more downloads than I could even imagine, but he's also built a community around it. 
And so you can reach out to someone on the forums or in the Facebook group and go, hey, I'm struggling here. I need some help. I'm struggling here. And you will find someone that's willing to lift you up in prayer. If, if you're looking for like a church, uh, there are two that I can recommend. And these are online platforms. One is, uh, is Life Church. Okay. It's done by Pastor Craig Rochelle. Mm-hmm. He's awesome, by the way. He is so amazing. I really like his stuff. Don't agree with everything, but I really like his stuff. It, 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 it's, it, they have a chat room, and so they have these online congregations, and you can get involved and, get, and, and do your thing. The other one that I recommend, especially if you're interested in the Hebrew roots side of things, like learning more about our Hebrew roots, is look up El Shaddai Ministries. They actually they live stream their services, and I have learned a massive ton from from uh, watching their stuff. So those are just a few resources that I recommend. I mean, obviously, um, I have more. In fact, I just did a podcast just recently about the Bible podcast that I listen to uh, to feed on the Word. You'll find that I think that was episode seventy or seventy one. There's a lot out there, ladies. So check it out. She has some great stuff. And of course, the podcast where she interviewed me, Can God Alter Your Life? That was really profound to interview with her too. So thank you, Teresa. I really appreciate you coming on the show and all the learnings today that you've shared and just your story. And I know many women are going to be blessed. And so in closing, friends, I just want you to know that there's a lot of places where you can go to get encouragement and know that, you know, Teresa and I really uh, want you to be encouraged in your faith today. And, you know, there's so many great resources, even my church visit grace uh, here in the um, Overland Park, Kansas area has online services. There's a lot of churches out there now that do online and that's, that's great, especially for people that, you know, are, are, are a little gun shy. But anyway, know that God loves you and has a divine purpose and plan for your life. Don't, don't ever forget it. And know, of course, that we as your sisters in Christ also love you too. So until the next show, God bless you. And thank you, Teresa, again, for being a guest on my show. You're welcome. And thank you. Altered Stories Ministry is a new, nonprofit evangelistic talk show for women. Our ministry is located in Overland Park, Kansas. And if you enjoyed listening to today's show, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of everyday women, too. So why don't you share the link to our podcast on your social media? And we welcome your feedback. So let us know what you think. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories. We welcome your tax-exempt financial donations. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, log on to our website, alteredstories.org. That's alteredstories.org.